The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome back to Afternoons with Mike here on The Shepherd from the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters. Sitting across from me in the press center, I'm so honored to have Abraham Hamilton with us. He tore it up last night on the main stage, brother. You uh, you were uh, just a wonderful speaker, and yet you do so many more things than, than what you do in public speaking. Welcome to my program. Thank you so much for having me. It truly is an honor. And a, and a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you know, uh, you're with the AFA. Just a little bit of background on my guest today, Abraham Hamilton III, who is general counsel and public policy analyst for the AFA. That's the American Family Association. Now, I, father of five, is that right? Six now. I thought you said that. The, yeah. the release says five. Yeah. So the, you the, just added to the crew there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, my wife and I, Maria, we have six children now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, in a day and age of diminishing family sizes, yeah. it's refreshing to talk to someone who has faith to get that quiver full. Well, yeah, it, it truly is. And it it really uh, begins with the Lord really impressing upon my, my wife and I uh, what God's design is really for the family. Yeah. And we, we really view it as, as a, a means in which we uh, really obey the Lord in executing his commission starting right in our own home. So when the Lord entrusts his arrows into our quiver, uh, we, we recognize that in order for those arrows to be effective in, in being what God made them to be, they require trajectory and direction. You, that's so close. You know, I heard a guy speak on that, that kind of that quiver metaphor that mm-hmm. the, is in Scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about how that the archer keeps that quiver close to his heart. Amen. You know, it's strapped right on his body. That's right. And so that quiver, in a real way, those arrows are not far from that father. And how true that is of our God. Amen. How, how was it that you got to do what you're doing? Wow, it's, I mean, how much time do you have? <laughs> uh, it, it's a long journey, and, and, and I guess the, the, the way that it has to start really is that the Lord saved me. You know, I said a little bit last night, um, by God's grace, you know, I'm just a, a, a boy from the hood, really. This is the truth. I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, in a very, very, um, shall I say, uh, law-abiding, challenging environment. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll say it that yeah. way. And uh, the Lord saved me. You know, the Lord saved me. Uh, introduced me to himself, uh, introduced me to his word. And as I said last night, there's there's a light year's worth of difference between being casually curious about the Lord and being captured by him. Mm-hmm. And he's captured me. And so uh, one of my prayers once I was uh, persuaded that it was the Lord's will for me to marry was that I would have a wife who would run with me in the service of the Lord's purposes. And so that's what the Lord blessed me with. And uh, through a lot of different turns, study theology, biblical languages, Ended up going to law school, and um, by God's grace, I was invited to join the, the team at the American Family Association, and I recognized that that was the Lord calling me there. Mm-hmm. And something people don't really know, uh, when I joined AFA, I didn't do so to do anything in media. I was going to be their attorney behind the scenes. Yeah, you were general counsel. I was general counsel, yeah. and, and uh, one of my coworkers, a brother in Christ, Will Addison, recommended to our president, he's like, you need to get Abe on the radio. And... 
uh, what began with me being uh, kind of providing a weekly feature on uh, Tim Wobbin's program, Today's Issues, has now grown into me having my own program on American Family Radio and NRB TV. I'm not surprised at all, Abraham. I mean, having watched you last night, it's one thing to be on the air. It's another thing to be in a public gathering of 4,000 broadcasters here (laughs) gathered in this thing. It's no small thing. I mean, there was even overflow going on last night down the hall. There's so many people here for this one that uh, it's, you know, some people say one of the most frightening things in their life is to stand up in front of people and speak. You just knocked it out of the park. Well, (laughs) uh, thank you for your kind words. And I really... I believe the Lord gave me a message for last night, and I really was focused on endeavoring to be faithful and delivering that message more than thinking about who or how many were in the audience. I didn't know the number till you just said That's said what that. I heard, 4,000 <laughs> yeah. people here, yeah. Um, but but I, I truly believe, as I said last night, that the Lord has determined before time the boundaries of our habitations and the times in which we would live yeah. so that men yeah. should seek God. And so the fact that we are living in the 21st century, facing the challenges of our day, uh, and with the platform that our sovereign king has afforded us, I believe it's it's incumbent upon us to to in giving ourselves wholeheartedly to him to submit to his purposes through these platforms mm-hmm. uh, until our Lord comes back or until he calls us home. You know, it was really fortuitous and I think prophetic of uh, Wildman, Don Wildman, to have the vision for this thing that is now known as AFA, you know, not having any idea. I mean, this has been around for years, long before the current assault on families. Yes, and it is, and I agree with you. I do believe uh, that our God moved him in a very prophetic way, recognizing the need to have um, a, a clarion voice. I remember because mm-hmm. I, I did not have the privilege of working with Brother Don when he was active, although he's still alive currently. Mm-hmm. He's not actively leading AFA now, but his vision in growing AFA to have a radio network, a broadcast network, was that we need to own the microphones. We need to have a, a voice to our nation that is not subject to what we call today cancel culture, mm-hmm. to where we can speak clearly, unashamedly, unabashedly, uh, what the Word of God declares and be a voice in our in our culture to where though the, 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 the tide of the culture is going in one direction, we can utilize communication and broadcasting as a means to say, this is the way to walk, walk you there. Right. You know, the world is using the medium to get its message out, and we've got to all wake up and realize that what's going on today is in no other way of description than a religion. The humanists, the those that are on this transgender revolution, mm-hmm. it's, it's beyond just a social or political movement. It's a religion to them. It absolutely is. And they've been able to gain ground by really concealing their uh, religious zealotry yeah. <laughs> under the guise well of being uh, a social political movement and things like that. It, it actually is a faith in action. It just happens to be an antichrist faith right. in action. And so when you when you when you boil things down to the to the bare bones brass axis so to speak it is a contest of god's word a man's word mm-hmm. who is going to prevail in the hearts and minds of people and so it's important for us to recognize this is a spiritual battle mm. you know this is spiritual warfare to where we are as the scripture says casting down vain imaginations the Greek word there from imaginations to speculations depending on the translation it's logismos is the Greek word where we get our english word logic from it's ideology that is being asserted that rivals, strives against the knowledge of Christ. And yeah. a lot of these uh, these ideologies are being put, their feet is being put to their faith. Mm. 
in an effort to conceal from fellow image bearers a clear view of who God ordained us to be. Mm. And in the process of doing so, uh, Satan's ultimate objective really is to have people to join him in eternal damnation. Uh, but in the current climate, the, the objective is to conceal that truth from the prevalent view of most people so that they can limit their contests to uh, political sparring or uh, you're just hateful. And it's like, no, one of the most loving things I can do is tell you the truth Yeah. Uh, in that if you do not repent of this sin, that you will face eternal judgment for that, eternal damnation for that. That's not hate. That's actual love. That is know? love. I mean, it's, you know, tough love. Tough love is telling the truth. But we're living in a day where they've made truth like a, a very subjective thing, which we all know it's not. That's absolutely right. And, and in order for anything, the Bible tells us that love accompanies truth. In fact, love does not rejoice in wickedness and unrighteousness, and, but it rejoices with the truth. So love and truth are twins. They are tied mm -hmm. together. One requires the other. But we're living in a time where lies are being presented and the L-O-V-E word is being used to apply to something where deception is being what's asserted mm. as opposed to the objectivity of the truth. Give us just a little bit of the history of AFA and what uh, the current scope, maybe things that you're growing and expanding into. Yeah, so AFA began in 1977 um, uh, under the, the leadership of Don Wildman as the National, Fe National Federation for Decency. Mm -hmm. It began as an, outfit, uh, as an ministry targeted uh, to opposing pornography and pornography's access to children in particular and in gas stations. That's how it began. Mm -hmm. uh, it grew from there to confront uh, the wickedness that is coming through television and media. And where we are now, we now have a radio network with about 200 stations across the country. We have American Family Studios, our, our film division that creates documentaries like oh, yeah. uh, In His Image, Delighting in God's Design for Sexuality, uh, The God Who Speaks. It's a documentary showing the, the authenticity, the historicity, and the authority of Scripture to show that when we peer into the Word of God today, we do have intact the Word of God based on the original languages, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, uh, translated into our modern uh, communicable, communicable, conversant languages, um, things like that. We have our streaming service to where you can not only yeah. um, listen to programs, you can listen to my program that airs daily on, on the American Family Radio Network from 5 to 6 p.m. Central or 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, but our entire roster uh, is available there. So we have a lot of different things that we're doing now. And the, and the ultimate goal is the same, the ultimate purpose, I should say, is the exact same purpose that Brother Don started the ministry with, which is to be a place for faith, family, and freedom into where we seek to cultivate a biblical worldview as an agent of transformation within our culture. How ironic that you mentioned this thing about what uh, happened with this drive-in pornography as it was being put up in gas stations you yeah. go to pay for the gas bill if your son or daughter is right there they were being visually assaulted yes. back then now that same visual assault is happening in their phones that they carry around in their pockets or purses that's exactly right and if you uh prior to coming to afa i was a, a major felony prosecutor I, I would go to court the things they show television shows about that's what i did uh law and order and things of that nature one of the things i found in common in all of the cases I prosecuted personally, as well as other co-workers of mine, is that you had people who had been uh, ensnared by pornography. Mm -hmm. uh, pornography, it distorts everything about our perception of our fellow man, our perception of each other. And just what you said is no longer uh, just in the static kinetic pages yeah. of a book you yeah. get behind the counter. 
a lot of it is being pushed right into our own hands yeah. with these new devices. I heard recently someone describing how that we would never invite the, the people, that the, the type of people that publish these things, we would never invite them into our home. But because of the screen, they're being not only invited, but almost celebrated in the homes, and a lot of parents don't even know. That's, that's absolutely right. And, th- and this is why I, I say very frequently uh, that the first institution that God ordained, before you get to uh, modern iterations of civil government, before you got to uh, the New Testament understanding of the church, the family is what was ordained. And the Lord ordained yeah. the family as an outpost of his glory, a primary mechanism uh, to enshrine multi-generational discipleship, the Deuteronomy 6 reality. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and you shall teach this diligently to your children. Many of the things that we're facing in our day, really, if we get, again, down to the brass taxes, is a byproduct of the deficiencies and the negligences in the home. Mm-hmm. We'll never be able to out-church, out-public policy, out-politic the deficiencies that are prevalent in the home. That's one of the messages yeah, we right. endeavor to drive through uh, the scripture mandates. Uh, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Yeah, Rather, right. yeah. rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The responsibility, primarily is for Christian parents with the father's head of the family to inculcate, to catechize, to evangelize, and to make disciples of our own children. The failure to do that results in 99% versus 1% marches, Black Lives Matter marches, uh, these other things that we're dealing with, they're downstream from what transpires or what does not happen in the family. I agree completely. It is not even uh, conceivable the impact of fatherless generation that we're having and so many especially in urban cities where yeah. some of the kids they don't even know who their dad is yeah they don't know they've never met him they've never talked with him uh, and the impact is huge yeah because it's a it's a distortion of what god has designed yeah you know and and, and again those things have outsized outsized impact impact and to the point to where it's it's more common today for children to grow up in families without the fathers being in the home than it is for the fathers mm. being in the home. That is a statistical and objective reality. Uh, it's so true. Yeah. It, it's a reality that we need dads leading their families again, discipling their kids, and again, holding those quivers of their children, those arrows, as it were, close to their heart. I'm going to toss you a softball because I know you, you'll love to talk about this. And it's going to be for the benefit of my theological-based friends, my professors. Uh, your love for languages. Tell us just a little bit about that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may sound like a broken record me saying this, but my love for languages came um, as a result of after the Lord, the Lord saved me. He introduced me to a trajectory of theological study. And um, I was already persuaded, but as I studied, you know, Koine Greek and had some time to study Hebrew, it just emboldened me even the more to know that this is, in fact, the word of God. Yes. And so when we even think about language, you know, language is not a constant. Language is a gift from God. Language right. is a vehicle that God has given us to communicate his glory, his virtue, his gospel. Mm. And so it is because of uh, the God whom I love as the author of language. It is just another way that I've just fallen in love with him even the more. I love it when a guy like you is able and so strongly to talk about the biblical study of the Word mm. of God that would include 
the grammatical historical uh, aspect of interpretation. Absolutely. Abraham Hamilton is my guest. I've got just a couple of minutes more, and I wanted to ask you about this whole thing. We saw last year a Supreme Court nominee coming up and not being able to answer the question, <laughs> what is a woman? That's got to drive you especially crazy. Yeah, I, be, being uh, unable <laughs> to answer the unwilling. question or unwilling unwilling to answer yes. the question and no, yeah. no matter which one it is they're, they're both yeah. appalling but for different yeah. reasons right uh if you're and i tend to believe it's unwilling because this is the exact same person who was celebrated for having a historical nomination to the supreme court one of the reasons it was historical was because she was a woman yeah <laughs> so the, the hypocrisy what, of all what that is it's, it really yeah. so yeah. you're unwilling to say what's historical about your nomination yeah um of course you know, she knows what a woman is. In case yeah. anybody listening is confused about that, a woman is an adult human yeah. female. Yeah, uh, we used to understand that. Uh, but the lunacy of that being being controversial, first of all, and second of all, I have a person nominated to the highest court in our country with a lifetime tenure to serve as one of the sources of checks and balances on our federal bureaucracy, yet to have a fundamental understanding of what a woman is to be beyond her grasp in a confirmation hearing is astounding, an astounding commentary on where we are as a society. Yeah, our founding fathers would be rolling in their graves on this one. Our founding, absolutely. And the yeah. scripture tells us fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. What it reveals is that as a society, the fear of the Lord has been hmm. rejected. Oh, my goodness. Abraham Hamilton III, it has been so great to have you with me here today. And again, thank you for the study that went into your message last night. The way that uh, this thing kicked off, this NRB 2023, kicked off in such a way that you helped bring some of these things crystal clear in our eyes. We really need it. The love for theology, the love for God's word, the love for family. Mm, well, may God be glorified. Thank you It's great for to having have. me to be here. Truly, truly, it's a pleasure. Thank you. A, a joy. And we'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back again now for segment two on Afternoons with Mike, coming to you from the NRB. One of the people that I had a chance to meet and get with face-to-face -face for the first time was David Clausen. He directs the Christian Biblical Worldview for the FRC, the Family Research Council out of Washington, D.C. Now, David is a native to Orlando, and I've been able to have him on the program a number of times. Yeah, here he is right now. This is David Clausen telling us what's going on for him at the NRB. 
while I'm here kind of just spending time here at NRB, which is always just a, a, a wonderful conference. Great to be here. But, yeah, just a, a, just a joy overall. Yeah, this year has brought a lot of change. You've bought a house. You've got a wife. And, and your work is just marching on. You've written a brand new book. No, that's right. No, uh, praise God for, uh, you know, as a conservative, I usually don't like change. Uh, but these are all good changes. Uh, becoming a homeowner and becoming a husband and uh, having this book come out, uh, Male and Female, he created them. I co-wrote it with uh, uh, Dr. Denny Burke and Colin Smothers from Southern Seminary who uh, lead the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And, and my God, we've talked about this. Um, I can give you an update, uh, which is that the book is doing really well. Uh, there are pastors around the country uh, that have been calling me. I'm thinking of a, a church planner in Ohio, a pastor in North Carolina, and then a, sm- a pastor of a real small rural church in Georgia have told me that just this summer and going into the early fall, they plan on using this eight-week study um, with their church, uh, kind of like a Wednesday night or Sunday night style kind of a deep dive um, on gender, sexuality, ma- uh, transgenderism, marriage, uh, which are the topics that we talk about in this workbook uh, that's designed to be used in a group study. Uh, so I got to tell you, I'm looking forward just to getting the feedback uh, from pastors who are now using this in their ministry context. You know, when you think about pastors having to deal Uh, With this topic, it's almost unthinkable that in America, land of the free, you know, we, I think, prided ourselves for many, many years on our acceptance of of other cultures, but now we're being asked to believe, and not just to believe, but to celebrate something that is so wrong from a standpoint of a biblical worldview. It is. I actually uh, did an interview just a few moments ago in, the, in talking about these issues, and the thought came to me, and I, I think it's the first time I've put it this way. Uh, but the LGBT revolution has probably been one of the most successful political movements in the history of our country. Yeah. Uh, you could argue for good or for ill. I'll argue for ill. Uh, but, you know, uh, Gallup came out with a poll in February of this year that said 7% of Americans identify as LGBT, uh, which is up uh, double what it was 10 years ago. But still 7% is a still pretty small percentage. And, and in saying that, 10 years ago, it was less than 1%. It, it was. Yeah, it was. It was um, like 3% or something 15 years, 10 years ago, I believe, the, the polling with Gallup at least. And so 7% is still small, but it's it's growing and yet you would think that it was 70 uh, yeah. percent because of the outsized influence. You know, you can't uh, even talk about these issues without being criticized. And so like you have uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, you have big business, you have Hollywood uh, that is tripping over themselves to be uh, virtue signaling that they are the most LGBTQ friendly group that there is. Because if they don't do that, they're afraid that they're going to be painted as bigoted and mean spirited. And, and really, Mike. The church is one of the, if not the, one of the uh, final holdouts, uh, which is why there's now so much concerted pressure on the church to fold and to change positions Mm -hmm. on issues that I'm going to argue you can't change uh, because the Bible doesn't allow you to. That's right. And, you know, the fact that we would be asked to believe what has been centuries of the way things have been. I mean, millennia. Uh, there's been no question about whether a guy's a guy and whether a girl is a girl. Yet now you and I are being asked to, to say that they're non-binary. 
Absolutely. And let, let's just take a, a quick second to think about the transgender issue. You know, what is the claim that transgender advocates are making? They're, they're saying that you can be, your gender identity uh, can be something different than your biological sex. So your biological sex is how your body's ordered for reproduction is either male or female. Uh, that's your biology that, you know, women are XX chromosome, every single cell, men are XY. That's our sex. And we all agree with that. Now, the gender ideology will say, no, but your gender identity can be something different. So if your mind tells you uh, that you are something different than your body is ordered, well, then therefore we need to get your body in line with your mind. Now, think about that, Mike. We don't do that with any other issue. No. So for the young girl who says, I, I think I'm bulimic or I'm anorexic, do we, do we go to that sweet girl and say, yeah, you're right. You're kind of fat and we need to do things to your body to, to fix that. No, we, we tell her that she's wrong in her thinking and that her thinking needs to get aligned with her, the way her body is. It, the, gender dysphoria, this is the only issue that we're not doing that with. And if, if a young person says that their mind and their feelings and their emotions is out of whack with their body, well, my goodness, let's chop up their body to get it more in line with their mind. This is sinister. This is wicked. But this is what gender ideology is now pushing the next generation to embrace whole cloth. You know, I have heard for years the phrase idol factory, uh, something that Luther probably said. I'm not sure it was original with him, but the, the fact is, is that when it comes to the subject of idols, we make them, we generate them, we manufacture them. Right now, it appears that our culture is trying to manufacture gender uh, confusion and creating some of these uh, percentages now that are ticking upwards. I don't think it would be that way if they stopped telling three-year-olds, four-year-olds that they're not sure. They shouldn't be sure whether they're a boy or girl. I would argue it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you, from the medical community to these activists, you keep telling and suggesting at younger and younger ages that you may not be a boy, you may not be a little girl. Well, we shouldn't be surprised that uh, it was actually a Gallup poll uh, that showed that uh, among Gen Z, uh, those that are born from 1998 to 2004, 19.7% of that demographic, almost 20%, almost one out of five, identifies as somewhere along the spectrum of LGBTQ. Well, guess what? This is the generation that has now been growing up hearing that there are more than two genders. And they've been hearing this since kindergarten. And this is the generation that's going to entertainment venues and seeing these drag queen story hours yeah, and things sure. like that. Yeah. And so, again, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You keep pushing this and cramming this down uh, and indoctrinating younger and younger generations, we shouldn't be surprised because it really is. It is a social contagion. That's not popular to say. But in, especially with young girls, Mike, uh, you see this in kind of what is on Instagram and other uh, Snapchat and things that you'll have, you know, one girl in a friend group begin to identify as non-binary. And next week, half the friend group identifies as non-binary. Yeah, they're looking at that as almost like a cool thing, something that is novel and something to be uh, maybe congratulated for. Yes, absolutely. And studies show that it's like anywhere between 80 and 90 percent of teens who grapple with gender dysphoria and transgenderism, that they, in one sense, grow out of it. Uh, when they become adults, they don't think of that way anymore, which is why it's so sinister when you have groups like Planned Parenthood. Uh, everyone knows about Planned Parenthood for the work they do in abortion. Uh, one of their, I think it's their number two gen uh, revenue generating uh, thing now is uh, prescribing... Surgeries. 
puberty blockers, cross-sex yeah. hormones, and surgeries. Yeah. Um, and it's so sinister for when these organizations go to young children and say, well, you may be trapped, you might be a boy trapped in a girl's body, a girl trapped in a boy's body. We need to pump you with hormones and pump you with puberty blockers when we know that young children grow out of these things. And so how evil, again, to push this on them. I think evil is the best word to use to describe what's going on right now because it is sinister. We heard uh, Franklin Graham last night talk about the fact that it would appear that every demon in hell has been released in this country right now. And what is going on is nothing less than demonically evil. And I think as Christians, we know that. Um, and that's what, you know, I serve as the director of our Center for Biblical Worldview. And this is, you know, where a biblical worldview helps us to understand the culture. Uh, I know o- sweet older Christians who will look at me when we're talking about these issues and say, you know, where in the world did this come from? You know, this wasn't around when I was growing up. Well, as Christians, we have Ephesians 6 in our Bibles that tells us most fundamentally our, the wars that we're fighting is not fundamentally against flesh and blood, right. but against the demons, against the principalities. And so, yes, this fundamentally is a spiritual battle that we're in. And I think as Christians with a biblical worldview, we of all people are most prepared to diagnose the problem and then to confront it because we realize this is a spiritual battle. It is a spiritual battle. And it's one that I believe is a lot of people are waking up to and realizing that if we don't stand up and if we don't raise our voices, then we may not have a country like what we've all enjoyed for our grandchildren or maybe even our children. I agree with you. And I think this is, and again, as the Christians, we have the category of common grace. Uh, So, you know, special revelation is God revealing himself to us through his word. Uh, But there's a thing such as common grace. We can learn things from the natural order. And so with the transgenderism issue, it's such a rebellion against the created order that you have a lot of now non-Christian folks who are looking at, say, women's sports and, and realizing that, wait a second, Allowing biological men and biological boys to compete against biological women, huh, this is interesting that you have these records that have stood for decades in women's sports that are all of a sudden falling, uh, you know, against these transgender men who are now claiming that they're women. And all of a sudden, you know, they were mediocre men on the men's side, and now they're rising to the top of the women's scoreboards. And so even non-Christians can look at that and say, wait a second, this isn't right. Something's off. And so I think even, uh, I would argue that's God's common grace. That's the natural revelation showing that this rebellion against the created order uh, ultimately is just going to be a house of cards that falls down. Oh, that's well said. I like that. A house of cards that falls down. Uh, One of the things we heard in the opening night of the NRB was the fact that uh, this very issue of women's sports, the, the governor made the statement that it is completely unfair for a man to basically compete against other men for the first three years of their college and then change in their senior year and say, hey, today I'm a woman and I'm going to compete against the ladies. It it is a house of cards because a house of cards, as we all know, is something that's it might look good for a moment, but it's going to fall apart and it's going to fall down to the deck of 52, which is all individually broken apart. This is not truth. The age-old question is still being asked, what is truth? Well, for believers, we know what truth is. 
Absolutely, and you're referring to John 18 right there, which is just a remarkable passage. We could have a whole podcast episode about this. You know, Pilate standing before truth incarnate, and he asked him, what is truth? When Jesus had said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But going back to the governor's comments last night, he was referring to the person who is known as Leah Thomas, who competed for three years on the University of Pennsylvania swim team as Will Thomas, and to be honest, was a pretty mediocre male swimmer. And his one year on the female team, he broke pool records, he broke Ivy League records and became a national champion, actually, in women's swimming. And so, again, even you don't have to be a Christian to look at that. And, uh, you know, Mike, they say a picture's worth a thousand words. Just look at that picture of that biological male in his swimsuit yeah. uh, standing next to biological females. And, again, you don't have to be a, a devout Christian to say this isn't right. Yeah. yeah, I was starting to see you almost took the words out of my mouth. My dad used to say things like this. That ain't right. <laughs> and I love that. That ain't right. What's going on right now is not right. Well, David, the work that you're doing with Family Research Council, and again, you've mentioned your role. You're the director of the biblical worldview and carrying on the theology aspect of what's going on. I know you were trained and you've studied uh, all of the theological uh, the sessions at seminary and all of that. And now you're having a chance to apply it in real time in the world that is upside down. It's got to be, I mean, it's almost like since you graduated, the world's turned upside down. It's got to feel that way. It does feel that. So, you know, we're broadcasting here in Orlando, Florida. I did my undergrad just down the road, Mike, at the University of Central Florida, graduated in 2014. And I remember my freshman year at UCF uh, in 2010, I gave a speech at the Burnett Honors College uh, where I thought Barack Obama's idea to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell was a bad idea. Uh, I gave the speech. There was a lot of pushback in my class, but I still was able to give the speech. I don't think I'd be able to give that speech today. Uh, People would walk out. I'd be called a bigot. It would be called hate speech. I'd be called uh, an extremist, and I'd be called violent. Um, That was not ancient history. That's 2010. When I graduated in 2014, I wrote an article that appeared in the UCF campus newspaper that I don't think is published anymore uh, on why uh, the Supreme Court shouldn't uh, impose same-sex marriage on all 50 states. I guarantee you they wouldn't publish that article today. Uh, and again, this is an ancient history. I'm a, uh, Mike, I'm a young guy. I'm yeah. only 32 years old. Yeah. And it does seem that it, 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 the moral revolution is not just comprehensive. There's a velocity to it. And the, it's moving really, really quickly, which is why I think every Christian, every pastor, every Christian parent, you need to be engaging today on these issues. Uh, one of the reasons we wrote the book, Male and Female, He Created Them, was to help parents engage on the sexuality issues. But you also need to be engaging on other issues, uh, the life issue, issues related to religious freedom. Uh, because if you don't do that today, uh, th- this revolution is going really quick. Yeah, it is. And again, there's in mathematics the principle of exponential growth. And that's what we've seen. You know, this has been building for years, maybe all the way back to the mid-1800s with Dewey and all of the changes and the mindset and the stated goals about children's education. But now we hit this last couple of years, and it's just like that exponential impact has hit this country. So it, it is more important than ever, as we said a while ago, that people speak up that people have courage, and if we don't rise right now, we may not have the opportunity later. Just like you said, when you wrote that article just a few short years ago, it wouldn't have received the amount of, it didn't receive the amount of pushback that it would today. 
No, it, it wouldn't. And the arguments I made in that 2014 article was just that uh, marriage has always been recognized as the institution between a man and a woman. Even civilizations uh, such as ancient Greek and ancient Rome that were fine with homosexuality, they saw it as something morally praiseworthy. And yet even those um, cultures said, but the institution of marriage, though, is still between a man and a woman because that's the only context that children can come from. And for civilizations to persist, you have to have that context to raise up good children who will become good citizens. Uh, ancient Rome, ancient Greeks yeah. understood that. Unfortunately, the United States of America doesn't understand that. Yeah, and we are in trouble demographically. We're not growing the way we should be growing. So there's a lot to pray for. I'm so grateful for organizations like Family Research Council, the incredible work, Tony Perkins, the work that you're doing. I know you're on a podcast. Give us your website. Yeah, frc.org forward slash worldview uh, is where we post interviews, we post uh, articles, booklets, uh, books, uh, frc.org forward slash worldview. And a lot of those resources we just make available uh, for free just in ebook format, uh, in PDF uh, format, just so parents and pastors and Christians can just download these things. So again, frc.org forward slash worldview and our prayers that they just help inform, educate, and provide uh, some courage uh, on all these issues. Well, I appreciate it. David Clausen, thanks for spending the time. So great to do a face-to-face with you, my man. Absolutely. This was a joy. Thank you, Mike. All right. We'll be back in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back here at the NRB and with me a friend that is regularly up in our studio when we do this at the Shepherd Studio. Right now we're at the World Marriott Center for the National Religious Broadcasters. And he's here for the first day. Uh, Art Alley from the Timothy Plan just got here to the conference. Just and got here. Man, so you they put you to work right off, sending you toward <laughs> me, man. No well, rest. Richard grabbed me and brought me here, so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. And, of course, you know, you're my buddy, so this is fun. Well, this is really exciting, man, to get to talk with you. Always enjoy having a conversation with you. wasn't that long ago we talked about the departure of your dearly loved wife. Mm. I still think about that. I still think about the beauty of that funeral service, that celebration service of, of uh, Bonnie's life. And She was honored, and the Lord was honored. But you know, Mike, I only fully grasped that service. We recorded it. Yes, yeah. When I watched the recording, because during the service, I mean, I'm sitting there a little numb and, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, it was, it was special. She was special. She deserved it. Yes, she was. And, you know, her memory still is. That's the beautiful thing about oh, it. man. And I know that you counted by the days, months, and hours of your marriage uh, and you always, that was one thing about art, I could always guarantee, you knew exactly how many days it had been. Well, it, it always was a mystery to me why people only celebrate a marriage once a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and people worry about me, they think I'm in a corner wringing my hands and all this, like a lot of people do when they lose the love of their life. I've been blessed, man. Yeah. 61 years, 8 months, and 9 days, yes. God gave yes. her to me, and then... 
the secure knowledge that he just ushered her home. That's right. That That's makes something all the we difference. have. Yeah, the world can't understand that. No, sir. And the world can't take that away. That's exactly right. They can't take that they away. They can take everything else away. Yeah. They can't take that away. Well, you're here representing, obviously, the Timothy Partners, the Timothy Plan, Biblically Sound Investing. And how is it that, what is the kind of uh, crossroads, if you will, of a conference like this where you have all of these broadcasters? Because you're a broadcaster too, my friend. You've been on all over the place with Mike Huckabee and you traveled with Mike Huckabee. We talked about that the last time. I did. So how how is it that you're seeing this crossroads uh, come together? What mutual messages do you see that you guys have? Well, Mike, you know, this is the center of it all. I mean, this is the voice of Christian communications, and they're all here. And I just got here, so I hadn't gotten around to see some people yet. Uh, but this is where it's at, and thank God they have it in God's city, Orlando. That's you know, right. I tell people, they say, where do you live? I say, halfway to heaven. You know, I'm in Orlando. Um, but it's, it's great to see some bunch of old friends that I'll be as I wander around. Uh, but the voice of Christianity yeah. is the national religious broadcasting. Uh, it is incredible. I'm looking forward to uh, being here and uh, appreciate you sitting me down and talking to me right when I first got here. Well, I'm glad to get to be the one that, to do that. Last night, I think you would have really loved the message brought by Franklin Graham because oh, he, always. he talked about a, a day is coming and we need to get ready for it. A storm, he said, is on its way. And how that we need to get ready because he said, if you are a believer and if you are a lover of Jesus, the people in the world are not going to be happy with you. They're going to be angry with you and they're going to try to stop you. Always have been. Yeah. But, you know, and that that's one of my passions and one of my really heartbreaking concerns. You know, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. We know that. Yeah. The problem is. Those that claim to be believers are ill-equipped because I believe it's coming and I believe it's coming fast. And whether it comes fast or not, I know either he's coming here or I'm going there. But the majority of people that occupy churches on a Sunday morning are ill-equipped. They're not battle-ready for what could be coming. And my concern is they could cave Mm. uh, because the pressure is going to be intense. And I don't like pain and suffering any more than anybody else does. But uh, that's a concern. That's why we're doing these pastor boot camps that's we have right, talked about in right. the past. Yeah, right. The Liberty because, Liberty yeah. Pastors. Well, th- it's got to come from the pulpit, Mike. I mean, they've got to equip their people. And there's only one way I know that that happens. And that's the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, the Word of God, not just some little cursory study. You've got to be in that thing and you've got to have a solid foundation. Or the, the chances are you're going to cave. Now, you deal with the real world of investing. I mean, there's... Uh, <laughs> That's uh, not so real sometimes, uh, but go ahead. <laughs> you know what I mean. You're playing on the same playing field with other companies that use an entirely different perspective, uh, worldview, than what does Timothy Plan. Uh, talk about some of the differences. Well, actually, that was 100% of the investment world when we first launched this thing. And I think I've shared with you before, you know, my friends on Wall Street, when I told them what I was doing, they said, you're nuts, Allie. Yeah. Uh, You cannot create a mutual fund, uh, family of mutual funds, 
that screen out the largest, most profitable companies in the industry and expect to get good investment returns. Mm -hmm. And my response to them has not changed over 29 years. If, and that's the biggest word in the English language, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, obedience trumps performance every single time. That's well said. Well, but what we've proven over 29 years, you don't have to sacrifice performance. We're pretty darn competitive, and we've proven you do not have to get in the muddied waters with the people trying to destroy you. Uh, you know, pro-life people, why would you want to invest in companies supporting abortion? Mm -hmm. uh, people that understand the evils and addictive nature of pornography, which these things are all interconnected. Uh, why would you want to own companies yeah. that are, are doing that? Gambling yeah. is very right. addictive. Right. Uh, Anti-family entertainment. Why would you want to own companies that are put, uh, programming and indoctrinating people against uh, families? Uh, we screen out all that stuff because there's a lot of companies that are promoting a very unholy agenda, and we will not own any of them. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that you work closely with Shanna Bird and the, the fine folks at the Financial Issues. We've talked many times about our friend, also departed, Dan Celia. You bet. Uh, I'm going to get to talk to Shanna. She's going to be here uh, later on. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be with her, I think, tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, but, boy, I miss Dan, and I know you do, too. Oh, man. yeah, man. What a What a special person. Bonnie doesn't miss him now. No. They're no. romping around heaven together. That's right. Friends forever. Yes, sir. And when we say forever in heaven context, it's forever. It's forever. <laughs> I mean, uh, we can't grasp forever, can no, we, No, we can't. I, mean, I but can't. It, you know, we grasp this life, but this life is just a whisper of time on the eternal scale. Yeah. And we better be paying attention to where we're going to spend that forever because that's what's really important. You do the best you can while you're here, and you guys are doing good work, and I'm proud of you. And Thank you. You're, you're illuminating uh, minds as to what's really going on. But we're just passing through, man. Yep. We're going to spend forever. we got a couple of minutes left. I want you to give a shout-out about Liberty Church in Orlando or, and talk about the stuff that's going on there with Paul Blair. And I'm sure you have some of these pastor's camps coming up, right? Uh, we do. We're planning one at Liberty University. Wow. Uh, and then we want to get to the battleground stage, you know, and equip these pastors and plant some seeds so that they do it biblically. We are uh, Liberty Pastors is not political. It is biblical. But the Bible is very, is very clear on what we ought to be doing, how we should be occupying. And Paul is the best I've ever seen at equipping. He puts together an entire team to equip willing pastors mm -hmm. to go back and equip their folks. And uh, he is the senior pastor at Liberty Church. We started it. Uh, he was actually, it took me seven years to convince Paul Blair. Is that right? Seven years. Oh, my goodness. To convince him more people live on the I-4 corridor than the whole state of Oklahoma. <laughs> because his home church is in Edmond, Oklahoma. Where I've been there before. Hometown. Oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. But, uh, you know, his first Sunday, he was ready to start throat cancer. Right. Took one year out of his life. And, I mean, he had to stay back in Oklahoma and go to... Um, MD Anderson in Houston back and forth for a year and uh, he was still trying to float back and forth between here and there and his doc said you know that's going to kill you 
Mm. So we just released him. So we have Paul Blair as our senior pastor, yeah. but it's a video of, of his sermon. And so many of uh, churches today do that kind of a concept. Oh, they do. Of a, a campus church, if you yeah. will. And um, seeing the senior pastor speak on a video like that, it's not that uncommon anymore. No, you bet. I mean, the message is the message. Yeah. But there is something special about having a human being behind the pulpit, at least old school it is. Mm-hmm. For me, I know how they feel. You've got my buddy Tim Kaufman with you there as well. Tim is a blessing oh man. My I mean, he is our worship leader, and uh, yeah. uh, that was a, a missing link that we had at the church because, you know, worship is a critical part of why you come. Otherwise, you could stay home in your pajamas and watch a message on TV. You need the fellowship, you need the worship, and we have all of that. Did, did you I, ever go to watch him at Christmas Is, the big uh, December production over at Calvary Assembly? Have you seen that? Uh, a long time ago. Okay. He's been around a long oh, time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was actually Adrian Rogers' favorite vocalist when he was touring. Um, wow. Yeah. He, he's just a gift to, to the body of Christ. And when uh, Dr. Stanley passed away, he also did work with Dr. Stanley, and Tim came up and was on my program, kind of reflecting on some of those experiences. Well, I actually had a hand in selecting Dr. Stanley's replacement. Not up there, but at Aloma Baptist Church in Winter Park. Is that right? Yeah, I was the chairman of the pulpit at search committee, pastor search committee. I thought I knew everything and, about you, Art Alley. <laughs> well, God led me to uncover Anthony George, and boy, that boy oh, can man. preach. Oh, that's uh, awesome. But he's, he was a blessing for 15 years down here until mm-hmm. they lured him to Atlanta. That's right. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's a great, uh, great communicator. We've got just enough time. How are things for 2023 looking for Timothy Plan? Very interesting. I mean, right now, things are looking pretty good. Uh, I've never seen a time in my entire career where people are finally understanding how to invest. Because normally when things are rocky, they get scared and pull money out. And it's the wrong time to do that normally. This is the first time I've ever seen people put more in than pull out during the uncertain times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I wish I did. I could, you know, do a better job. But as you know, we don't manage the money. We manage the managers of the money mm-hmm. and uh, make sure they don't invest in anything that violates our screens. But um, I, I think it's probably going to be a pretty good year. But our money managers, you know, they're mixed, but they're kind of looking for a, a recession, which is has to happen sometime. You know, I think a lot of people, I'm glad to hear you say you think this year is still looking good. A lot of people would, would uh, I believe, be surprised at uh, how high the stock market even is right now uh, with, with regards to, I would have thought it would have been tanked, honestly, with some of the policies and some yeah. of the spending that's going yeah, on. You would think so with the craziness that's going on. Yeah. But I'm encouraged. I mean, I, we were just at CNP, Council for National Policy. And we had 20 of the Freedom Caucus uh, legislators there having dinner with us. And they shared some stuff that is very encouraging. They have clout in Congress now. Wow. And uh, That you know, is the, encouraging to hear. The same old, same old is not going to happen anymore because they will uh, take action. And they've got the clout to do that. Mm. And I, we were really encouraged. Wow. 
Art Alley is a doer, a mover, and a shaker, and I'm honored to have had you on my program here today, my friend. Mike, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank well, you. Till next time when you're up there, and uh, we'll see you in the studio again. That's a plan, man. So there you have it, Art Alley. Also, big thanks to Abraham Hamilton. Also, David Clausen for being on the program today. We'll have more coming from the National Religious Broadcasters. This is Afternoons with Mike. We'll catch you next time.